by the mercies of God. We praise the Lord for that song and what it has to say uh, to us as we approach the word of God. Uh, the profile of a, of a mature church. And um, I'm really going to be a stickler on this. Uh, that's why I don't want to rush through it. So we're not going to cover 32 verses this morning. Uh, this will be part one. Uh, remember, well, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the various songs that we're surrounded. And we think about your mercy and all the things that you have done for us. We're on the other side of the cross. And while on the other side of this cross and this new relationship, then you start teaching us exactly what you expect without any um, uh, wandering off. We have to stay with the plan. And so, Lord, we, um, we want to focus in on that. And we thank you for the book of, of uh, Ephesians. Um, and I pray, Lord, as we look at the fourth chapter, that we'll see what you have to say there. My intention, Lord, that we have a full understanding of Ephesians. But at least for starting this time, leading guidance, Thank you for our time together. Help me to clearly share, Lord, your word. Great is your, is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, with that said, we want to, in the past three messages, we covered three fond, foundational things that are necessary for living a fulfilled life as citizens of heaven. I really just about four minutes, but at least the three ones that I've really been stressing uh, comes the whole idea of knowledge that enables us to focus on those things that are important from God's perspective. He does not want ignorant children. That's unacceptable, being a believer with the Holy Spirit indwelling you and Jesus praying for, for us, rather. Knowledge is essential. The next one is understanding. Understanding the data that you receive. So understanding that enables us to grasp the concept and purpose of the following, uh, of following the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus Christ says the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. And so um, understanding. The next thing is wisdom. That enables us to follow a clear path, guaranteeing a favorable outcome with no regrets. Our goal, beloved saints of God, is that we um, live our lives, and at the end of it, if we are able to be aware of it, to close our eyes with no regrets. Uh, if you have any regrets now about anything you have done, take it to the cross, because it's there uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ will make a difference, but there should be no regrets. We, are, we also uh, discovered that living a mature life will enable us to make the right decisions all of the time. One more time. That living a mature life will enable us to make the right decisions all of the time. Do you think, saints of God, that we can make the right decisions all of the time? And I, let me answer it for you. Yes. And so what's your burden to prove? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, 
acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So, so, so then it's important then if we're going to if mature believers understand that their direction is not based on what other folks say, how they feel and all these other things, but you are governed by the word of God, stay with the word of God and you will not regret it. Amen. Well, and, um, we have observed that these four items are levels of growth and part of God's ultimate plan for us to be competent managers and partners as we communicate to the unbeliever and establish and maintain balance in the family of God. And that's why I'm, I'm talking that we'll be competent managers and partners. When we are saved, what happens is that the more we know the better managers we are of our time, of our finances, how we manage our words, our thoughts, is all, all there. We become good managers. And when you have a good manager, you have a uh, very favorable outcome. Have you ever gone to a store where it's had a bad manager? Uh, the merchandise and everything is, is all out of array. The, uh, the, the uh, employees, uh, they... Uh, are not on target, but one who have a good manager really have things in place and keeps it moving. And therefore, the people uh, are, are uh, benefits, they get the benefits from it, and the, and the uh, store get the profits from it. God wants us to be good managers, not to make you look good, but to make him look good. So then, if, to be a good manager, you must know how we're set up, and we'll talk about that a little bit later here. Okay, then we're going to our next slide, then. Thinking it through, how does this concept and purpose become an integral part of the hearts and minds of the disciples of Christ? So when, not, when we understand the concept and, and purpose, then you, you, all the other things you start hearing it doesn't fit. I appreciate what Doug was saying about uh, listening to uh, a minister on Facebook and the thing that he quoted. But you see, the reason that uh, Doug responded, no, that's not right, because he had, when you have the truth, you filter everything through the truth. And if it's not there, it, it's kick, it kicks it away. And so that's why God wants us to be, uh, do, have very uh, clear thinking in this area concerning what you've been saved into. We're talking now, we're on the other side side of the cross. Remember back in Hebrews 4, we were saying all these other things we talk about, all the things we've been studying on, uh, the resurrection, Christ died on the cross of Calvary, uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, 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 when we talk about the whole idea of uh, 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 the church uh, and uh, eschatology, where the things are going to happen, he says, all of these things, he says, that's what babies look at. So now it's time for you to move up to a layer, higher level of thinking. The higher the level you're, you're thinking, the more able you are to share the word of God with clarity. Okay. Now, of course, this is not a, a one-day snap course and you just know it just like that. But at least we should know where to go to begin to get this information. So Ephesians uh, is a good book, and that's why we'll be staring at that for a while. Okay. Paul's letter to the Ephesians revealed the purpose and function of the disciples of Christ. 
and outline is it is a predetermined pattern for our lifestyle. Next, it is precise and immutable, unchanging structure that is set in place. And three, it is the provision. You'll see what we'll talk about as we write that, write that up. So then let's uh, go to number one. It is a predetermined pattern for our lifestyle. Verse 1 to 3. Paul charges his readers, therefore a prisoner for the Lord. I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. We have been called to a worthy manner. Uh, we are God's uh, uh, representative. The world cannot see God, but they can see God working in you. And that's what the world needs to see right now. That's why we are lights and we are to make sure that our light is constantly shining. Okay. When you let bitterness and uh, worry and everything else that dims the light in your, in your life. Um, don't let the outside mess up your inside. Paul made it personal and, and plain because it has to be a top priority. God's word is not a suggestion to consider, but a command to obey. So we're not going over a list of um, suggestions. See, suggestions mean that you have a say-so. Uh, when you have a command, you obey, and that's it, okay? Uh, as you were growing up, your parents did not suggest to you. They told you what to do, and if you didn't obey, then there were repercussions as a result of it. Amen? So let's go to the next slide. Uh, and it says Ephesians 4.2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So it, it, as we look at this whole idea of development, it says, first you walk worthy in the manner of your calling and then your attitude with humility. Um, you don't need to be in the first seat or second seat. You don't need to be in the second row with humility. One of the great uh, tests of humility is when you begin to want to see others be blessed by, you don't need your name written on, I donated this, or I gave this. Humility, you know. Uh, and then with patience and, and the Lord, uh, well, gentleness. And, and gentleness is how we respond. You don't have to scream. Um, and that has been my, my life uh, purpose. I don't think I need to scream at anyone. And, um, and I, I, I like it because it keeps my blood pressure down. Um, I, that means that I didn't get into the ring with them, you see. So when you are gentle, you ought to be, this word gentle does not mean around your friends and everybody laughing and you're, and so you have that spirit of gentle. No, that spirit of gentleness, he, they, he got, the Lord have given us that because there's a situation that will require that. You're going to find some folks who are totally out of whack uh, and they're raising children the same way and they expect you to go the same way, but no, there should be a, a sense of gentleness when it comes down to your life. Patience. Are you a patient person? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you don't even have to raise your hand. The Holy Spirit got you uh, in jail right now. Are you a patient person uh, in the grocery line or while you're driving or whatever the case may be? Are you patient? Uh, finish this phrase. I am patient because, or I am not patient because. Now, you're in one, there's no uh, mavericks here. Either you're patient or you're not patient, you know. Um, and don't throw things like, well, you know, the mercies of God. No, either you're patient or you're not patient. And then there's a growth matter. If you want to be more patient, God, God, the Lord's going to give you more pressure to make you more patient. Okay, there's no getting out of it. You're going to grow God's way. And God takes us to the valleys and he takes us to the mountaintops. With forbearance, restraints, how to hold your mouth. Even a fool is considered wise when they keep his mouth shut. Have you had, had times when you just kind of want to tell it, you know, and the Holy Spirit said, don't say it. Keep your mouth shut. Don't don't let that uh, toothpaste out of the tube because you can't put it back in. Don't squeeze it. You know, keep that mouth shut. Uh, have you had in the day and said, Lord, I wish I never said that. He said, well, I told you not to say it in the first place. You know? uh, so so repent it. Don't wish. Just go ahead and, and confess your sins. He's faithful and just forgive your sins and clean you up for the next day. Okay? Uh, then with stability, maintenance, being disciplined. And, and that's where if we're going to do anything, saints, my challenge to us is to become disciplined. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. If you're not disciplined in your own life, then you can't bring any type of stability to the church of God. So all of the things we're talking about now, if it's if it's working on the inside, you'll be a you'll be a blessing to the outside. That blesses the unity. So on the other side of the cross, says God is working on these things that we walk worthy, that we have humility, that there's gentleness, patience, forbearance, stability. Uh, all of this is ascribed to the Lord too, isn't it? He's not getting us to do something that he has not done or who he is not. And so the more we get close to the Lord, the greater these things will become quite evident. And God is freed up now to trust us with more things. Amen? Okay. Let's, let's go to the next one. Consider this. Paul's prayer for the Colossian believers is consistent with the letter he wrote to the Ephesians. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with knowledge of his will, with all wisdom, spiritual wisdom, and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You see what happens when we position ourselves and play with God's plan. God is, God is blessed. We grow and people are, are, are challenged and impact. That's so important. So um, we have our, our list before us. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. The Lord gives us patience. We have a joyous patience. Giving thanks to the Father who have qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Bottom line, a mature manager of God's blessings 
will enable him or her to receive, appreciate, and be blessed with the benefits. And sometimes we have to be patient with the Lord. There's some roads that the Lord take us down that we have to, uh, just have to wait on him. He will not tell us the full, the full plan as he develops in our lives. Okay? Let's go on. The precise structure, verses 4 through 6. Everything is based on the principle of one. First, he talks about how we should be. Um, and now he says how it, we should be under God's structure that he has set up for us to function as a body of Christ. And all of us must be up under the whole concept as a family, one. There is one body, one spirit, just as we are called to one hope that belongs to your call. And this word one is dealing with the one of essence, okay? Um, not numerically, but in essence, who we are. God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one in essence. And so he says, we are called to be in that same oneness. People with ones have oneness of, of mind, think and move in the right direction. Have you ever been in a group where, uh, you might have uh, individuals, whether on the job or what have you, you're thinking one way, but they have it another way. And uh, and you can't get anything done when you're going. You all have to go the one down the one-way street, okay? Uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. The Lord, he says, here's what happened in the structure. It says, there's one Lord. One faith, not many faith, that that, cruise, that shuts out everybody else. There's only one faith, one baptism. And that baptism is not by water. You are baptized spiritually into the family of God. There's only one baptism. If you're baptized by water, that's number two. That's the physical baptism. But the spiritual baptism takes place, and all of this uh, is done by the Lord working in and through our lives. Uh, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. There's one person that we answer to, and that's God our Father. There are times where you'll be challenged in life where individuals will uh, uh, get you into a corner. But as the song said, but I'm surrounded not by the outside, but by the inside. I think the psalmist talk about being under his wings. I'm under God, our Father. And that's why, and that's why we can say, not. It's 12 o'clock. Not so much uh, God, uh, uh, let's see, or Lord or God. You can say, our Father. That's a relationship. Abba, Father. What a blessing. Um, it, it, they, and other phrases that people say that don't belong to the Lord is the man upstairs and uh, and uh, all these other things. Mother nature. Well, there's, I don't know about any mother nature. I, I know that God did it. And uh, I praise the Lord for that. And so it's our father. And, and the more we use that vocabulary, the greater respect and honor and glory we give to the Lord in our prayers. Okay. Make sure that we, we recognize God, our Father. 
He loves us with an everlasting love. And get this, he loves us even when he knows we're going to mess up. He, why? Because he saved us out of the mess. He knows that the growth is going to take a mess when we're in our diapers. And he still loves us. When your child mess up on you, uh, <clears throat> it, there's no, you know, oh, women, there are no reversals. Okay. They mess up. They mess up. Now you're praying that the Lord work with them from that point on, but there's no reversal. There's no pregnancy over, no, which is, I don't think you want to do, but it's the whole idea that you keep on going from that point. When you become a child of God, when you become because of the blood of Jesus Christ down on the cross of Calvary, when you become what God had ultimately planned for you and called you and has sanctified you and justified you and glorified you and, and uh, given you a position in him, he's, he's the God of all who is over all and through all and in you all. Now, at least the family of God should know that. Based on that, then, whenever we see someone uh, that's um, in, in the streets, that you hear them, well, you hear them say the Lord, but once you establish that they know the Lord, uh, all of a sudden there's a camaraderie that's, that's connected up. And uh, on our way to the airport, uh, Shelley, uh, she was our Uber driver, and um, and they said they gave me a. They always tell you what type of driver it is, and said that she's uh, she's the type of person that's very personable. I said, okay, she's good to talk with. Okay, so uh, and so we got into the car, and what happened was she was talking about. Uh, she asked us questions, then she began to talk about her life, and as she began to talk about her life, all of a sudden it became quite evident that she knew the Lord. And she said, it's amazing how God take you around through things. She, she mentioned the fact that uh, she was going to on, on missions uh, to, I believe it was China, going to China. And, um, and so before they had to have the, her master's degree, a transcript of that. And, uh, and what happened was when she went back to, back to the UK to try to get that master's degree, a copy of it, what happened was they lost all the records. And so the results of that, uh, she was uh, devastated by that. And so she had to have that done. She had to have a physical exam made. The examination, stay with me on this. The examination, the doctors found that she had two types of cancers in her, uh, her body. And so um, successfully, they were able to get both of them. But then she would reflect, say, you know, isn't God good? If I if I went over there and I had my degree, I didn't, wouldn't have known I would have two cancers in my body. But what happened was they couldn't find it. They finally uh, come up with a, a transcript for her. But when I finally got it, then I they understood. Now I understand. If I had I got it any time before, the second opinion of the doctor who saw the other cancer, one uh, uh, melanoma uh, cancer, and how long I would die as a result of it. She said, had all of this, had I not lost, they lost my degree, then God worked it all out. I said, isn't God wonderful? I said, yeah, we have a testimony. Don't say, yes, we wow. got a, a testimony. Uh, and we all, we both noticed the uh, GPS system, you know, the guidance, the guidance principle said almost like that GPS system. And it tells you to go this way and go that way and go that way. You know what? He's God 
of all, he's over all, he's through all, and he's in all. Everything that you're going through, all the things that you're going to be faced with, don't forget that casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's the structure. That's the benefits of being a family. Okay. Well, let's let's go on. Talk to you as often. Thinking it through. The concept and structure of one. Here's here about um, here are a few things. Let me throw it at you. Number one, several things. It guarantees creativity and productivity. When we are one, you you're talking about uh, a pool of creativity and and productivity. You you see things that need to be happen happening, and then it's put into place, and it guaranteed uh, it's guaranteed to be prosperous. For whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It guarantees unity in God's against division. Again, I, I find that a lot of churches they the choir sings well, the preacher boy he he he's preaching over the pulpit, but mean. Times there are uh, little cliques within the church, and uh, there's rebellion. And yet, though the church is, is beautiful, the songs uh, of the choir are great, the message are really touching, but the saints are messed up. They're still babes in Christ, immature, not managers, and they don't understand what it takes to make God look good. He says, "Here's what it, here's what it takes. It reflects the Godhead and its requirement for those who are in Christ." It guarantees power and security. It clearly reveals our status in Christ. And guess what? As a family, when we see this lacking in another family member, we have the responsibility of rolling up our sleeves and coming alongside of them to be a source of encouragement. Not to put them down. They're just at a stage of growth. And the Lord has permitted you to be in their lives to be that source of encouragement. And that's why we want to stress the whole idea about coming to morning worship and what have you. Um, we need to see your face and you need to see ours. And we need to strengthen one another. Uh, Zoom has its purpose and, it's, and we were able to survive. Praise the Lord for that. We want to keep it going. But, but there's a song about what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. And the fact that we can come together um, it gives us that security. Uh, it clearly reveals uh, our status in Christ. We need to hear that. You hear so much stuff when you, even when you get off of Zoom, you're going to hear more negative stuff. They're going to, sometimes you can't avoid hearing. And uh, it should be like a water off a duck's back. You say, oh, I don't need that. Uh, There's some, some movies that you no longer want to see. Uh, it doesn't fit the ticket. Uh, your desire, uh, you become more selective in what you watch because it blesses and encourages your soul. Well, um, Christ's prayer for us was to be one as the Godhead is one. John uh, 17, 11, I no, am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. John 17, 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. You see that repetitive there? One, 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 
one. And that's what Paul's saying, uh, one baptism and one Lord and one God, uh, one faith. Uh, and so the whole idea is one. Observation, a mature body of believers knows, understand, and practices the oneness we have in Christ. So listen carefully, pause for station identification. Since we know this, and we're no longer babes in Christ, we need to manage in these areas. So go back over this passage of scripture. We must be good managers of the things that God has set. He expects us to go along, along that line. Don't expect big blessings when you are not a, when you're not available to receive it. Oh, your cup is too small. Amen. Well, let's go on. Number three. The provision. Verse 7 through 16. And we go, we're going along the line of the who, the what, etc. So the what? And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And these, these are the individuals, if you notice all of them, all of them give out information. And they should be qualified to get uh, give out information. Cringe when you hear individuals giving out information that they have not properly prepared for. Before, notice it says he gave. They are a gift to the church. They are a gift to the church. And so the whole idea of... Um, of uh, the uh, apostles and um, and then the evangelists, uh, the prophets. We're not talking about, um, uh, well, we're talking about the fourth telling of God's word. When we talk about the word prophet, it means for us in the church, it's the fourth telling of God's word. And not so much the prophets that you read of the Old Testament, per se. The evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers. Uh, shepherds as uh, uh, pastors and elders. Uh, bishops, all of them is they're 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 just, just shepherds, and they and they also should be shepherd teachers. They must be apt to teach. The Lord does not want a dumb shepherd leading his sheep. God do not play games, and so uh, the sheep should understand God's word. Our responsibility is to teach you and and to lead and to guide. Um, the pastors and I we were in a meeting uh, week before last. We were, uh, we were talking, and we were talking about vacation. He said, you know what, man? He said, I don't know about you, but even when I'm on vacation, I can't get the church out of my mind. And I said, I said oh, so I'm not alone. He said, yeah. Uh, he said, there's, there's one thing about being on the pastoral end. You begin to love and respect, and uh, you can't get them out of your mind. Um, so I trust that you understand that they must be qualified, they must be called. And although this is not the time to say it, when it comes down to pastors, uh, the shepherds, the bishops, God has made it very clear that a male should be in that position. Um, that's not my opinion. Um, that's what God's word says. I stay with God's word. I don't get all, off in arguments. I stay with God's word. It's not putting the woman down. This is God's structure, and he has a reason. You want to ask God the reason next day. When you see him, <laughs> ask him. Uh, he'll, he'll break it down to you. It's not my job to be arguing about it. Um, so Ephesians 4.12. Now, here's the reason why. But here's the what. First, we have the who. That's the, the teaching body. 
Remember what the teaching body is, that you have knowledge, that you have understanding, and that you'll be wise and you become a good manager. So their job is to get you to that point, okay? And then the what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, see, because now you understand, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, notice what it says, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See that what it says to, here, the, here, the, here are the, the cells. You ever see, when you look at uh, trees, they have, uh, you know, the age of the tree by, if you cut it in half, you see the little rings and they keep growing larger and larger. It might not be an arborist, but the whole idea is that when you, when you see that, you look at that, you see it ages and each time uh, one covers, it gets older and older. You can tell how old a tree by counting the uh, the, the rings, what have you. Well, it says here, it says, uh, it says, attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or womanhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see the benefits now of sound teaching and not a whole lot of jabbering. If you do not understand it, stand it, and the person cannot communicate it, then you have a flaw in the teaching skills. And I don't care how wonderful a person they are. I don't care what school they went to. If they're not teaching the word, then they are keeping individuals to establish the what? The work of the ministry and for the building of the body of Christ. And notice um, that it didn't say the pastor, the work of the ministry. It, it says he equips them for the work of the ministry. Okay. Uh, they are the uh, under shepherds uh, there. Not that the pastor does not do work, just that that's his job. Know your job, stay in the, in the lane, you'll be in good shape. So the who, the what, let's go to the next one. The why. So that we no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and, and uh, deceitful schemes. When we talk about the winds of doctrine, one time I uh, was looking at, I don't know what it's YouTube or television, where the individuals, they, they had this group of folks where you, your level of spirituality is that you laugh during the congregation. I mean, it was a laughing time that everybody had to laugh. And so, uh, so you just break out laughing. And I said, boy, I, you're talking about a mass of confusion. So then after laughing, are you smarter? Do you know the Lord more? Uh, tell me what, what was the result, or were you laughing at the person who was laughing at you? Uh, so they have this all of these winds of doctrine that is literally uh, mind-boggling by cutting. This is now human human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes. They know what they're doing. They are skillful at what they do, and you have to be careful. Rather, on the other hand, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into, who is the head into Christ. And so this whole idea of us continuing growing, you can go through the Bible, you can uh, 15 times, read it 15 times, you can memorize the whole Bible and know all the theological uh, nuances. But you know what? It's important that although you know you should be able to teach others 
that they can get where you are. We owe it to it. Have you ever noticed? You ever noticed children when they're growing up? They uh, they teach the others what uh, what they went through, uh, and uh, and so so both of them scheming, but the other now has a little bit more experience because the brother and sister says, "Now here's what mom's gonna do when she comes to the door." So when she does that, when we're gonna play dumb, and so when she says, "Who do, who did that?" Then we're supposed to raise our children and say, "I don't know." And then she's going to get a little bit louder and raise your shoulder. I don't know. And then here's what she's going to so she's So the, the person is training the other person. Guess what we're supposed to be doing? The more we grow, the more we know, the more we share, we help others to go there the right way that it is. They help, we help others to go there. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint. Every ministry, every um, gift, each one of you have a gift for every joint in which it is equipped. And now, guess what? That joint, God says, I have given you in the church for the ability of administration, you in the church for discernment, you in the church for teaching, and you in the church for mercy, whatever the case may be. And so each one, each one that comes to morning worship have a gift. Do you know what your gift is? Okay. And that's why we come to the word of God, that we may grow, that we may know, that we may then start applying and will be blessed results. From the whole body joint and held together by, uh, by which it is equipped, when each part is working, working properly, makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. Wow. Uh, that, is, that is really something. That if we read it backwards, how do we build ourselves up in love? And then you just start reading it backwards. All the things that's necessary to get to that point. All the way to the point where God has have set up uh, an office. And he has a description for each one of those in office and their responsibilities. This is where we have a church that has good management. Here's what has happened in the past. And here's what is happening. And I warn you ahead of time. It, it's called... Um, marketing and what i mean by marketing is that the world opinion and way they do things the church is beginning to do what the world says in order to give get more people uh, and this marketing thing that they use to get a larger congregation and all these other things uh, although they bring them in the method of teaching them and ministering to them falls very short very short and so um, it's, it's my concern uh, that we build ourselves up in love. Remember what the, the definition of love is, being totally sold out to the ultimate good, you know, of an individual. God so loved us, and we are also to love one another. That's the type of love we're saying. When we say, I love you, you're just reinforcing. I love you regardless of how you act, where you are in your level of growth. I love you because you're my brother and sister in the Lord. I think you got it there. Um, one last thing. A mature church is a healthy church that have learned how to wisely use spiritual knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to the glory of God. The world needs to see and experience a body of believers who take the word of God seriously obey it completely, share it faithfully. These indeed 
are the good and faithful servants. When the Lord says, well done, my good and faithful servant, my question to you, are you staying within the package? There are no mavericks. We are a family of God. That's the terminology that I will be pushing. So because all of the dynamics are wrapped up in that whole concept to the ultimate of our building one another up and that uh, and we'll be uh, fully grown in our love toward him. <coughs> Excuse me. So with that said, you've been very patient. Uh, we covered at least 16 verses of Ephesians and we'll pick this up next week as we continue to walk through how we become good managers, mature a church. And here's what a mature church does. Nobody is the big I. The only big one is, the only I I know is I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. May we always keep Christ first. Amen. Well, let's follow the word of prayer. Father God, how we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for enabling us to um, look at your word and uh, and understand how we're put together. We understand your plan up to the cross. Now we're on the other side of the cross. We are citizens of heaven. We are identified with Christ. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within, dwelling within us. Our future, you, you have already prepared a place for us. For that, we're thankful. And so now, Lord, help us day by day live as those who are citizens of the kingdom of God. Great is your faithfulness. And if one does not know Christ as Savior, how I pray, Lord, that they have come to know that he died for everyone and that is basically the individual have to admit that they are a sinner, that they can't save themselves. They have to um, uh, understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary and rose again for their sake. And they must ask for forgiveness, ask for being accepted into the family. And then thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do. Because you, your word has said that, uh, that, that any man who will come unto me, I will no wise cast him out. That's what the Lord said. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for putting that in your word. So we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.